Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Second hour, my guys in the desert from the OddsTrader.com studio at South Point Casino. OddsTrader.com, download the free OddsTrader app right now. Start winning with up to the second info that you need. Vinny Mayulo, Jonathan Von Tobel here with you. Jimmy Vaccaro is going to be here at the he bottom will. of the hour. We can reminisce a little about the, you know, a lot of people thought that the hot dog eating contest was actually happening this Friday. Jimmy posted, you know, put up the old picture and <laughs> he that was, I got a lot of like, good luck, you can do it. And I was like, all right. <laughs> it happened four years ago. Jimmy, did. I appreciate it. Jimmy, can, he confused a lot of folks. That's right. Yes, but you would be better prepared this time around. I mean, from a mental standpoint, yes, I do have. Uh, I have a, a secret weapon in my mind. You do. All yeah. right. So that one was what was it? Uh, it was a seven, seven hot dogs, dogs in eleven and... minutes. I got the four and a half. It was always my tally, four and a half. And our own Mitch Moss was. Uh, he was play by play. He was a play by play. So this is in. This isn't a slide at all. And like we, we were talking to mention really quickly. The thing that got me was it was crazy, but like they tasted different by like the fourth one. It wasn't the same taste. You know, I like these hot dogs; they're great. But like the repetitive taste of it, it's crazy how much different like mentally. And I was talking, got to talk to a couple of guys. Juan Rodriguez was actually one of the guys that finished in the, the Nathan's hot dog eating contest this weekend. Got to talk to him about it. The Gatorade, Crystal Light, all of that stuff. I guess that's why they use it. Didn't you have it's water with you? I, the water, but the water doesn't break up the taste. You know what I need? You know what I needed? Need, okay. Like ketchup. Or like something. You need a cold beer, is what you oh, need. That, that too. I mean, come on, that too. That's what. Uh, I mean, really, I'm just lacking. more fascinated. I'm more fascinated <laughs> by um, what the recovery process is like for a lot of these people. You know. Yeah. And Brent Musburger and I were actually in studio, glancing uh, over our shoulder. Chris was we too. Were, yeah. We were rooting. We were rooting hard for you, Jimmy. It, that was like the. Uh, it, was, it was our first year, right? Yeah. I, our uh, first year? I think that was our first summer. Yep. That is correct. Yep. yep. A lot yep. of good things. A lot of good things. Well, and we'll then, and then Greg again. Peterson we'll tried to take my bit and like get out of here. No, you can't. You can't do it. No, that's only your, one of us gets a poster. That's Come your on. thing. <laughs> I still have that thing, by the way. I got to bring that in. We have it in the back. Yeah, know? I got one too. It's framed, yeah. actually. That's one right. of my favorite members. You haven't you haven't signed ours yet, but that's you know. Let's wait till I get famous. How about that? All right. Uh, speaking, you are famous. <laughs> speaking of famous, I guess I don't, I don't have a transition. Uh, the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, yes. They could end, Vinny Mayula. They could end today. So let's talk about this as the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning are on the verge of putting the kibosh on this bad boy mm. up three games to none and uh, some pretty strong <laughs> victories up to this point, especially this last one, a 6-3 to three win for Tampa Bay. And a very, very solid showing uh, against Montreal. So uh, there's a couple of things here. First off, let me ask you this, because we had this conversation, and the more I thought about this, it's funny how we talk about what's right and what's wrong from a market pricing standpoint, right? The Knights were well over, what was it, around $4 in their series against Montreal? They were five, four, yeah, yeah like four fifty. Uh, and then they got after game one. Uh, you could have taken uh, up to um, some spots seven dollars on Montreal. So the Knights got up to. But again, that's there's a regional bias, right? right with but the but so the point I wanted to make was because I was talking about this before the series started with the local radio out here, which is 
you know, there's a there's a hey, this price is too high, but then there's an overcorrection, and then you look at well, minus two eighty on Tampa Bay, that's still way too high, right? Yeah, I don't know, mm-hmm. minus two eighty from from four fifty to two eighty. And then the Tampa Bay Lightning aren't $2 worse than the Vegas Golden Knights. And then you see something like this that transpires over the three games of this series, Benny. There was a really big gap between these two clubs. Well, there's no doubt. Listen, here, here's the, the difference with Tampa is, and there's something to be said about, you know, being the defending Stanley Cup champs and having been there, and that's certainly worked to their advantage. Uh, this is a, you know, they're a whole different animal than, than the Golden Knights. Why? For first of all, their power play is much better. Now, I realize that you've got to credit Montreal's penalty kill mm-hmm. uh, with how poorly the Knights' uh, power play was. The other part is that uh, even as good, if not, and we've seen better goaltending, Vasilevsky's been uh, outstanding. But the reality is this Tampa Bay is the most versatile team. In the NHL. What do I mean by that? If you want to play up-tempo, they'll go up-tempo. We saw that in the last game. You want to have a grind-out, you know, uh, you know, knock-down, drag-out, street fight, they'll do that too. So, And they roll out four lines. You could say, well, the Knights roll out four lines too. They didn't roll out four lines in the, in, against Montreal, mm-hmm. I can tell you that. So uh, the thing about it is Montreal, uh, uh, Tampa Bay is in a position uh, to sweep this, and, uh, that's, and, and it's simply because they are – the best and most complete team uh, in the NHL. Yes, they are. And we'll, we'll get to some of the numbers in, in a detailed look at some of these in terms of the series up to this point uh, because Montreal does have some things that have gone for them uh, that have gone somewhat well for them in this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but failure to capitalize on a lot of these has led to the series deficit that they're in right now. All right, we'll get to that. we got a lot more to get to, too, in terms of Major League Baseball. It's my guys in the desert. Second hour here, my guys in the desert. It's the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, Vinny Maiulo alongside as well. Um, wrapping up what we're talking about here with the Stanley Cup final, Vinny. So what has been, has there been any sort of change here uh, in the market in terms of the prices that you have seen right here on the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning? Because we're talking about $1.40 on the open mm-hmm. for game this game here today. We're upwards of $1.50, $1.60. Last time in Montreal, we were talking about in uh, the last contest just a couple of days ago, $1.30 about the closing price tag. So we see this 20, 30 cent bump, depending on where you look. Well, in the game right now, there's two-way action. We opened the game 45, got as high as 55, and now uh, we're back down to 50. So uh, good balance action there uh, on the sides. Uh, the the total's being bet over. We just went to $1.40. I was going to say, on, I noticed that on, it, on the over, it hasn't, so really market, hasn't really bumped off of the five, uh, and yet two of the three have gone over. And yeah. You see the adjustment of the juice at $1.30. Five over 40 now. Uh, you may see a five and a half by the time puck drops here yep. uh, for this game. You may see a pretty wide open game tonight, right? What do the Canadians have to lose? And, and like I said, uh, uh, I've said previously, if the Lightning, if you want to run with them, so to speak, uh, they're, they're fine with that too, yep. right? Whatever style you want to go with. But um, it's... Uh, you know the, you know you're gonna have to lay 100 to one uh, on uh, Tampa at this point. So uh, there's there's no looking back for this team. Here. No, it's no just a there isn't. Of when they finish it, really. Nope. And, and this is, I think, so. There's a couple of numbers that, that you know I really like analytics a lot, and especially in sports, if you're not as well versed, it does give you still uh, a picture of what has happened up to this point. And what has been really fascinating to me, Vinny, has been. 
when you look at some of the numbers for what the Lightning have done, there's a couple of things that stick out, right? Because the Canadians, for the most part, have really won the shot share, about 55.4% mm-hmm. in terms of the course of four percentage of the shots that they have uh, in comparison with the Tampa Bay Lightning. But if you move forward from there, the two things that really stick out to me, outside of the expected goals for an edge for the Lightning at 5.5 to about 5.3 to the Montreal Canadiens, the high danger chances. The high danger chances the have been really, and it's not a massive edge, right? You got 24 high danger chances through three games for the Lightning, 19 for the Canadians. But the difference is the Lightning have cashed in on five of those 24 high danger chances, none for the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. And that speaks to what Andre Vasilevsky has been able to do. Like the Lightning as a whole have been really good. You watch them skate, they are quick, they are pristine, the puck movement, they are absolutely great. They've dominated the mm-hmm. offensive zone at times. But at the same time, when you're able to turn away as a goaltender 100% of the high-danger chances that the other team can generate, that makes a massive difference in a series like this. Listen, there was a lot made about uh, the depth of uh, the goaltending for the Golden Knights, and rightfully so, uh, and uh, uh, they, they were outstanding during the course of the season. Uh, Price was outstanding, too, for the, uh, uh, for the better part of the series. But at the end of the day, I think Vasilevsky, you know what? Respectfully, he got tired of hearing about, uh, about everybody else. This guy is as he's the best goaltender in, in the NHL this, right now. I mean, you could say who won what awards and things like that, and congratulations to Mark Andre Fleury uh, on on winning uh, the, the 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 top goaltending award for the year, and he deserved. But in the playoffs, JVT, there is something to be said about knowing what it takes to win the cup. Don't forget too what what really has helped this Lightning team. They know the extremes of both sides, right? A few years, a couple uh, a couple of years back. They won the President's Trophy, and they got swept in the first round. They didn't forget that. They built off of that, and they won last. So they know what it's like uh, to to experience uh, not only the high but the low, and they realize that the high is much better. Now, so does everybody else. You could you can make a case for it, but not – listen, they've done it, and they're not relinquishing that title anytime soon. I mean, they're going to come back to – you're going to say what, after this series, what happens? I mean, there's going to be an expansion draft and then a regular draft. There's going to be free agencies and things like that. This is a good, solid organization. Uh, but uh, their goaltending has been outstanding. You talk about I, – I think one of the most overrated statistics in hockey is shots on goal. Because when you look at Golden Knights games, again, I bring them up because we talk about them on – they're here. But a lot is made about the Golden Knights, how they, quote, unquote, dominate – you know, shots on goal. Okay, that's great. But you know what? Shots on goal don't—they don't tell the whole story right. all it's the where time. Where the shots are coming from? It's one of the where. Things. The, what, and again, what, are there rebounds? Is there you know high danger chances? To your mm-hmm. point, and who's finishing? And uh, uh, it can be very misleading. And it was certainly misleading for the, for the Golden Knights, especially when it came uh, uh, when it came up against Montreal. Yep. If you go back and again, like shot quality, things of that nature, yeah. right? A lot of the times with Vegas, at least, if you looked at some of their heat maps, it was a lot of shots from the blue line and the perimeter, yeah. right? And straight to the chest of the opposing goaltender. Exactly. You're generating a lot of danger if you're Tampa Bay. If, if they have been really good. The difference too in this series is this. Okay, to the, to your point, which is important, is that Price had a clear look at the majority of the shots that the Golden Knights took. There's a lot more pra- uh, traffic in front of him right now. I think Tampa Bay's been much busier in the crease uh, and, 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 uh, than the Golden Knights, and uh, they've reaped the rewards for that. Let me ask you this, uh, last point on it. Vasilevsky, or does Kucherov have a shot at the Consmite? Uh, I'd, I'd probably, I'd, I'd actually give it to uh, Vasilevsky. Okay. And the Stanley Cup final uh, up to this point, and again, it's for the postseason, but Kucherov has been uh, really solid throughout, yeah, right? 32 points in the postseason, 24 goals, or excuse me, eight goals, 24 assists. Uh, Kuch- but it's the balance of the, the value of Kucherov versus 
what you've been able to do as Vasilevsky. Again, they've won close. They've won high scoring games. They've won low scoring games. Yep. And I think uh, one of the reasons uh, it starts it starts in the pipes and then it goes from there. So with that, yeah. uh, we have that up, and we'll see if uh, the Montreal Canadiens can extend this out one more. I know Mitch was talking about this this morning. I think it was was it the mayor, the governor of Tampa, that was talking <laughs> about the the mayor of Tampa. Uh, let's extend this out one more. Why don't you lose maybe on purpose? You can bring this back home because they won it in the bubble last year. So yeah. let's try to win it at uh, at Amelie Arena uh, in game five uh, I don't necessarily think that Tampa Bay is looking at what's that going way. on in the water over there we're actually it's very it's very well timed we have the TVs on here they just showed Tom Brady tossing the Lombardi trophy uh, you got uh, have you seen the have you seen here. the uh, the billboards down there Champa Bay have you have you seen this yeah I hate it but it's actually I'm, pretty good <laughs> it's, it's not that bad it's <laughs> Your other team, your other team, your baseball team is the reigning ale and the That's AL right. They won the pennant. I know. Man, what a way, what a life in Tampa Bay, huh? That's right. Um, well, that's actually a natural jumping off point uh, because we did have posted up over the weekend the uh, Circa decided to post high and lows in terms of alternate win totals in the National Football League. And I, I'm always intrigued by things like this, Vinny, because when you have certain opinions, and I'll, I'll throw out one specifically that I have mm-hmm. about a team, you know, alternate win totals like this give you an opportunity potentially uh, to cash in on an angle or something that in terms of you handicap a certain team, maybe you can find a little bit more out of the right. So, for example, I think there is a potential for this season to get pretty ugly for the Philadelphia Eagles. I know that health was somewhat of an issue. I don't really believe in the quarterback position to this point right now with Jalen Hurts. I think he showed Mm -hmm. there was something there, but it's more of a uh, let's raise your floor as an offense with the rushing ability, but the ceiling is still pretty low in terms of what they're able to do with this offense. And I think if you look at this overall – I think the Washington football team is going to be pretty good, right? Right. You have a, you have even out the quarterback position, you have one of the best defenses in the NFL. You have the Dallas Cowboys, who I think the market again is still pretty high on for the most part, but better than the Philadelphia Eagles, mm-hmm. and they're on par essentially with the New York Giants. If the quarterback position, if it does not go well for them, there's a potential for this thing. I think about six, five, four wins or so. You can get them by the way in the range of like seventeen, twenty to one to have the worst record in the NFL. Might not be that bad, but regardless. Six wins under plus that 175. There's different ways you can attack this with alternate win totals, something like this. The worst record in the NFL. I don't. I think. You I know a lot of people I mean, say the Lions, the Texans. The Texans are, are yeah. That, um, but in terms of the uh, to your point about the the NFC East, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the NFC East is a lot more wide open than than many folks may think. And I know that we've got the Cowboys at the highest win total. We've actually got them at nine and a half. Um, they've they've got the most, I think, the most talent in the skill positions of all the skill positions, right? Safe to say. Um, I would say that the Giants will be better. They'll have Saquon Barkley back. They should be better, and they they address some things in the offseason. Washington's got the best defense in in the division, By clearly. Um, and then and then the Eagles who are look, the Eagles are rebuilding, right? They're retooling and uh, doing doing a lot of things that they've got to get squ- squared away. Uh, starting with the quarterback position. So I, I think, JVT, if you're looking at some of these and some of the alternate ones here, um, you know, that you want to take a look at, uh, I, I see they put up 10, uh, 10 under, minus just about uh, just shy of, of two to one. So, um, or if you like the over, just under uh, eight over is minus 280. Mm-hmm. You know, when we've got, like I said, nine and a half. So, the thing, if you're if you're betting these, you want to look at what the the consensus is. Okay, call it the the general consensus of regular season wins, 
And I'm not saying you bet that and bet off of that, but you can certainly look at what what's out there and compare those numbers and take those into consideration for both what is the general consensus and then how low is the low mm-hmm. and the price attached to that low, how high is the high, obviously, and the, the corresponding price there as well. And schedule valuation, obviously, a very big part of it. And if you use sure. it by what I think is the proper way to do it in terms of evaluating mm-hmm. a strength of schedule based on the win totals that are set uh, out yep. there by sports books, yep. the Philadelphia Eagles uh, do have one of the easier schedules on there uh, in terms of projections by win totals set by odds makers like yourself. Yeah, well, uh, they, they've got one of the uh, easier ones. Uh, but it, it look... They've still got to win those games, and, and and the other teams that are on there, you know, they've got the Eagles on their schedule too, yeah, right. right? The other the other aspect too is that the NFC. Don't forget, uh, everybody's got to remember too. Seventeen games this year because there's still a few, few folks that are, are kind of forgetting about that. Seventeen games. The NFC has the added road game this year. Now, again, depending on you want to evaluate that road schedule, JVT, mm-hmm. because not all. Uh, home field advantages are created equal. So, to to your point, uh, what those uh, what those te- who those teams are, and uh, the corresponding uh, home field advantage, because they're going to be fans are going to be back this year, right? Yep. I mean, uh, obviously that's going to be a, a factor in some cases, uh, not in all. So, so those are up again over at Circuit for every single team. You can uh, attack three different win totals, highs, lows, and uh, the regular win total as well. But for example, the Eagles, as we're discussing them, alternate win totals, the high eight shaded to the under at minus 285, seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, no, not a pick. Sorry, I'm blind. Uh, on seven, shaded to the under at minus 130, and a six shaded to the over at $2 at minus 200. And those are out there for uh, every team up there at Circuit. And pay particular yeah. attention to how the I'll call it the, the the general consensus number is right. So we have the Eagles. We we use the Eagles at six and a half over uh, thirty. They're up to six and a half over fifty. They're on the verge of going to seven. So you want to kind of you know make sure you take that into consideration. You guys have a threshold for each. Like if this reaches a dollar fifty five, we will go. It'll yeah. it'll we'll see JVT what uh, uh you know did, was there is there two way overall has there been a move you know because some of these have uh, moved one way early and now they've moved another way you know uh, you know more more recently and by the way steam picking up with these now uh, the college uh, numbers uh, the college. Regular season wins here at South Point, we used conference wins, yep. and then we had games of the year. They have actually had more action than uh, the NFL regular season wins overall. But in the last couple of weeks, we're starting to see an uptick in NFL uh, interest. Hey, how about that? That's a really that's a natural jumping off point to note that uh, we do have week one lines up in certain jurisdictions mm-hmm. for college football. Yep, uh, we're working. I, working we, on. We're working. I've got the. Uh, uh, we've got the uh, the, uh, the sequence. We'll call it the the rotation uh, here. And uh, Chris Andrews uh, was uh, chatting about it and uh, getting it ready here. Now a lot of these games are on our uh, games of the year list, which we've yep. had up for a couple of months now. Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, the uh, the college uh, week one starts August twenty eighth. Yeah. How about that. It's right around the corner, yeah, bro. buddy. Yeah. Just and there's a lot. Seven I mean, weeks. look. So like, and one of the things I wanted to point out, and like you said, some of these tie into some of the games of the year yeah. uh, that you guys had posted, right? The, and for example, you know, I've heard a lot about the LSU UCLA. Those are some of that. UCLA has two games, right? They have a week zero game against Hawaii, and then they have a week one matchup against LSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys hung up the LSU number. Uh, UCLA. What'd you guys hang that? At, we by the used way? U, uh, LSU Originally. two. Yep. It is now up to four. So, and. 
Four here at the South Point. There are fives out there in terms of LSU on the road against UCLA. Uh, Tigers seem to be one of the more popular selections. But, you know, as these numbers have gone up in the global market bidding, and these are always something for the most part I think a lot of people should or like to pay attention to because this is where you get the general sentiment of some of the sharper betters, right? You can, you can attest oh. to this. It's not a guy who's coming in and going, all right, give me some money on even, even this close, the last week of August. There's not a – sorry, this is not meant to be insulting. Joe Schmo coming up and saying – Fresno State minus 27, a month and a half away from Great that. point. I mean, there was a line. So, uh, and I love what, what Chris did this year. He put it out there. This On this day at this time, these regular uh, games right. of the year are going to go up. And the folks that were waiting in line, 99.9% of them were not casual fans. Right. I mean, and these were, these were pros who they did the same exercise. And what they did was they went in and they did the handicapping. Uh, and then they compared to what was posted here at South Point. Now, it was a lot of work. I'm, I'm glad we did it. In fact, Chris and I were talking about it last, uh, last Friday. Glad that we did the exercises early to get a jump on power ratings. To, you know. but, but let's remember this, too, JVT. What's interesting is that there still are several players out there in the transfer portal. There are some yeah. pretty good players out there that have yet to commit to where they're going to go. I don't think they're going to make a huge amount of difference, but it'll certainly impact some depth uh, of, of some schools, including some Power 5 uh, programs, or mainly Power 5 programs. But uh, to your point, uh, when we did post these uh, back, in, uh, back in early May, uh, the response was mainly by uh, professional uh, bettors uh, in, uh, across the board. And uh, to note for some, because uh, like I mentioned, from Saturday, August 28th through the first week of college football, these are up at the global market. Some of the more notable moves, uh, Hawaii at UCLA, Bruins open up 10.5, UCLA up to a 14-point favorite. Mm. Temple at Rutgers, uh, a Rutgers team that has, I think, 21 guys coming back. Uh, Rutgers 11.5, up to 13. And I know there's a couple of guys like Brad Powers who was on the network earlier this week high on Rutgers and what they could potentially be. Uh, Michigan, 14.5 at the opening against Western Michigan, up to 17 and a little support for Stanford. That's a neutral site game. K-State opens two. It's a pick in the global market. Yeah, we're right around the corner, man. These games right around the corner. All right, we got plenty left to get to. Derek Hardy's going to be with us. And then be fantasy and betting analyst as we discuss some big picture stuff like what the hell is going on with the New York Yankees. <laughs> Days for your winnings. Cash out instantly with Bet Rivers' new feature, Rush Pay. Get your cash when you want it at Bet River Sportsbook, the industry leader with exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boosts, and the most in play betting options out there. As always, get a $250 match bonus, fastest payouts, and only a one time playthrough at Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Got to be 21 gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, 1 800 Gambler. Indiana, 1 800 9 with it. Colorado, 1 800 4700. Michigan, 1 800 270. 7117 Virginia 1888532 3500 not valid in 
Iowa. Jonathan Von Tobel, Vinny Maiulo here. Uh, Derek Hardy is nice enough to give us some time. Uh, vcin.com slash MLB. You can find all of Derek's work up there as well. Of course, MLB Daily Notes, great preview for you as you get into the slate. So, Derek, first off, thank you very much uh, for joining us here today. So I wanted to start with some big-picture stuff, and then we'll get into some of the top games, especially the ones that are going to get started here relatively early. And this seems like a pretty loaded question, uh, but I will ask it. Uh, the Yankees, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> like, you keep expecting the Yankees to get better because they should be better than this. Like, they still project as one of, if not the best team in in the American League, one of the best teams in baseball. I know my projection system, the bat, has them, you know, the second team in the American League besides the the Astros. You look at fan graphs, they has them, have them above the Astros as, as the best team going forward. And so you just have to expect the positive regression to come at some point. It hasn't yet, but this is still a team with so much talent. They can't possibly not be good for, for much longer. So uh, when it comes to your projections, when you get something, an aberration like the uh, the mandate uh, on the spider tack and all of these things, and then we see since they started checking on June 15th, Garrett Cole's ERA is 463. Uh, how much does that alter projections like yours? So eventually my projections are going to account for that fully. It's going to account for um, basically everything that you get from from Statcast and PitchFX, you know, movement and spin and velocity and and tunneling and late break and all that sort of stuff, it's not in there yet. So it's not fully capturing what's going on with a guy like Garrett Cole. His spin rate is down. It's accounting for it a little bit, but at the same time, like spin rate going down isn't all of a sudden going to make Garrett Cole, who was right. widely considered the second best pitcher in baseball, all of a sudden not a good pitcher. Like, it's very easy to want to look for a simple answer and to say, well, his ERA is up and it coincides with uh, with this this crackdown on the, on the sticky stuff and his spin rate is down, so now he must be terrible. When more likely, he's probably um, a little worse than he was before. And also getting a bunch of bad variants on top of it. And I think that's what we're seeing. So I'm not overly concerned about Cole. I don't think he's the second best pitcher in baseball anymore. But I still think he's a, a legitimate ace who's going to be a lot better going forward. Oh, I think he's a dirty cheater, but I'm an Angels fan. So uh, that's uh, something <laughs> So let me ask you this then. With your, with your projections, as you sit there and you say, well, the numbers are relatively like you're expecting more here out of the Yankees. Would that then lead you to look at, you know, we were talking about not overreacting, right? In baseball, is large sample size sport. Is there value in looking anywhere with the Yankees in the futures? Eight to one to win the division. You know, in the range of, what are we talking, like 20 to one or so uh, to win the championship? Or are you? Is there anything in some of those numbers that is worth looking at? Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing working against the Yankees is is time. Yeah. You know, they, they're in a hole. So they're going to have to not only be better than everyone else, they're going to have to be better by a lot. They're going to have to dig themselves out of that hole. I do think the odds, you said 8-1 to one to win the division – I think those are probably pretty solid odds, but they are going to have to they are going to have to start picking it up soon. Um, but I, I think they can, you know, especially if they get Luis Severino back in a, in you know later this month, maybe like he's a legitimate ace. So I, I do think there's a lot of reasons for optimism with the Yankees. Derek, but I think they got to get a move on. Yeah, but they got to get a move on, and they got to get a move on, and particularly within their division, head to head. They haven't been able to beat the Red Sox one time this year, and of course the Red Sox are the complete opposite story. What do you like? Well, what you see with them, because if the Yankees can't beat them, I'm not going to listen. Remember 1978 and about this time of year, uh, the Yankees were double digit games behind the Red Sox. But that t that team, I think, had a lot more fight to it. That Yankee team had a lot more bite. They had a lot more overall talent. I'm not so sure this one does. Yeah. Um, 
again, I, I think the Yankees have it in them. Um, and I'm, I'm skeptical about the Red Sox. I'm not a, I'm not a big believer here. Like I certainly don't think that they're the best team in this, in this division. I think they're third or fourth best and they're getting a little bit of good variance here. I think it's, it's as simple as that. Like as much as we're, you know, we're trying to like make meaning out of these things. Now we're almost at the all-star break. We're halfway through the year. Like this has to be who these teams are. Right. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily have to be who these teams are. Um, you know, we were 60 games into into 2020 last year. And the Marlins were were uh, um, a uh, playoff. Yeah. So, so like you know, things can happen over samples that look large, but really in the grand scheme of things, aren't necessary. Derek's gonna Derek's gonna stick around with us for one more because these are really short. So Derek's gonna come back. We'll have a little bit more in on some of the afternoon games as well with Derek Cardi. It's my guys in the desert. any part of this show, any of your other favorite ones, check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows, including Follow the Money, Numbers Game, My Guys, Lombardi Line, Beeson, Best Bets is the Spot, Download Beating the Book of Gil Alexander, Market Insights, Josh Applebaum, Hey, Hardwood Handicappers, that's mine, Long Shots Gone Racing, Ron Flatter Racing Pod, all free, all available now at Beeson.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Time is fleeting, and Derek Cardi is a very smart man that we want to pick his brain on, on a lot of things in Major League Baseball. So, Derek, again, thank you for sticking with us uh, through the break. So let's uh, let's go one more big topic thing. It kind of builds on what we were speaking on before we went to to the break, which is the AL East as a whole. Uh, I would agree that the Red Sox. I'm like I'm not sure about the staying power there. I have a plus two seventy five ticket on the Rays that I made two months ago to win that thing. Looks good for a while, but they have started to fall apart. So, uh, what? Where are you with the AL East? You mentioned that maybe the uh, Red Sox are like the third best team in this division. So what is your pecking order here in this division? I mean, honestly, I think for me, it's it's Yankees and Blue Jays real close one, two, uh, then the Rays, then the Red Sox. Yeah. I know that's almost the exact opposite of the standings right now. But again, weird things happen in small sample sizes. That's kind of what the projections say. And uh, I think you could probably flip three and four. Um, but uh I don't think the Red Sox are anywhere near the best team here. I really don't. Yep. Well, and they got a big series. Uh, my Angels are red hot, just swept the Orioles, and uh, see if they can maintain this against Shohei Otani and the Halos. Uh, so let's get to some of the games that we're going to see because we got some first pitches uh, coming up in a couple of minutes. Actually, we've got one coming up in five. So let's start there. Uh, Dodgers and Marlins, pretty good pitching matchup on the surface here. You have Walker Bueller uh, on one end. Dodgers about a dollar twenty-eight favorite. Looks like Mookie Betts isn't going to start here today. Uh, but I was bringing this up. But I'd love to get your thoughts Bueller the strikeouts are, are down this year in comparison to the last two seasons what's been the difference and what do you see here with the Dodgers at about a dollar 30 favorite yeah Bueller I think is just a pitcher who was a little bit overrated people thought he was like this extreme ace and he's more like a you know a low-end number one and uh we talked about Garrett Cole at the top of the show and while we don't want to overreact to these spin rate changes uh Walker Bueller's spin rate is, is way down lately so uh you know, I, I don't think there's really a whole lot to bet on here in terms of, uh, you know, the money line, the over under, like it all looks pretty fair. If I'm looking for a bet, maybe uh, Adam Duvall's hits, I'd take the under on. Uh, looks like there's some value on that. But otherwise, things look handicapped pretty well here. About the uh, the Brewers and the Mets tonight. Mets uh, are going to go, it looks like a, a bullpen 
uh, pitcher tonight with McGill against Woodruff, who's having a terrific season. And of course, the Brewers, another good story. Uh, a lot of folks didn't anticipate them to be atop the Central Division, but uh, they are right now. Uh, and the Mets trying to get healthy, particularly on the mound. Well, how do you see this one play out, Derek? And uh, the uh, Brewers, uh, just about under a quarter, dollar twenty-four favorite here in this game. Yeah, it's another one that looks like it's handicapped pretty much perfectly. Uh, Brewers as a small favorite, Mets as a small underdog. McGill's actually a decent a decent pitcher. I I, I almost would have thought that there'd be value here because he's a decent pitcher. It's a decent matchup. Um, but it looks uh, it looks about right. If I'm looking for a bet here, I think uh, Brandon Woodruff strikeout prop uh, seven and a half. It looks like in most books right now, a little bit of juice on the under. I would uh, I'd take the under on that. Um, if it's me, the Mets are getting healthy. This is a better offense than they've been rolling out uh, for most of this year. Well, and to your point, because you brought this up a couple of times, right? Small sample sizes. Derek, like the, the the Brewers are kind of a good example of that, right? Off to a really slow start at the beginning of the year. Some pieces yep. missing in the lineup. And then all of a sudden now we're talking about a team that is about 51 wins right now, pulling yep. ahead of a Chicago team that at one point was the favorite to win this division and looked like they might run away with it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that was kind of a thing that I talked about a lot of times on on this this sort of show where early in the year it's like, well, the Brewers project as the best offense, as the best team, like they project as the best team in the division, like they're not there yet, but they're going to be. Um, and, and it's nice to have kind of seen that happen. So hopefully uh, we see that with the Yankees too. Yep. Well, speaking of those Cubs, uh, yep. let's talk about this because the Philadelphia Phillies uh, and the Cubs will start a series and a, a relatively big series for these teams. And Philly, it looked like maybe they had started to turn things around, but now four and a half games back of those New York Metropolitans in the NL East. And we've mentioned the Cubs, uh, the boomer bust factor of this lineup. They have now lost nine consecutive games. How bad does this get for Chicago? Uh I mean, <laughs> I think it could continue getting bad tonight. I uh, I see this as a coin flip game, which lends uh, a lot of value onto the Phillies' money line here. The Phillies are an offense that I've kind of thought is underrated in general this year, and and they're in a good spot tonight. They're they're in Wrigley tonight, and there's wind blowing out. And when wind is blowing out in Wrigley, it is a big deal. And they're facing Zach Davies, who is one of the lowest strikeout pitchers um, in baseball. And so I think there's a lot of potential here for the Phillies to, to make some contact off of Davies and for it to go flying. I think the Phillies are, are one of the better bets on the slate. Derek, uh, the uh, uh, Padres come home tonight after a road trip, and uh, they're pretty big favorites tonight over the Nationals, who have yet to announce who they're going to go with, uh, at least according to what we have right now. But uh, the Padres, big favorites here, two and a half to one favorite, seven and a half uh, at home against the Nationals tonight. Nationals who – uh, coming off a weekend sweep at home at the hands of the Dodgers. What's your philosophy on a team coming home after a uh, a road trip, especially when they're this big a favorite? Yeah, I mean, it looks like uh, looks like it's probably going to be Lester for the Nationals. That's what um, I got in my head. He's just coming across. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, so, again, it's going to depend on what the line is. But, obviously, San Diego should be a massive favorite here. I have them projected as a 69% chance to win. So, you know, do the math when, when we get a line, I guess. But the Padres are obviously, um, like, the clear better offense, the clear better pitcher here, the clear the clear better team. Yeah, but that puts you about, like, 225-ish on a 69% yeah. implied probability. We're talking about 250 today here uh, for the San Diego Padres at home uh, against the Washington Nationals. Hey, Derek, uh, I appreciate some time, man. Let me ask you really quickly before I get you out of here. Uh, Dodgers and, and Padres, Dodgers on the verge of opening this thing up as they have won these games and now are healthy? 
Yeah, as good as the Padres are, I think yeah. the Dodgers are clearly the better team. They're starting to get healthy. You know, Bellinger's back now. Corey Seager should be back pretty soon. Um, I, I think it is it is all Dodgers from here. Yep, Derek Hardy again, VEASAN.com. Thanks, Derek. Uh, you can find the work up there. Also, Derek Hardy up on Twitter, MLV Fantasy Betting Analyst. Uh, and again, Twitter, social media, very good work. Derek, thank you for the time. I enjoy your work, so it's good to talk to you, man. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate you, it. You got it. Interesting hmm. that uh, what we talked about in the first hour, too. You don't want to overreact just yet with, with teams like the Yankees. And uh, um, it's it's going to be interesting, JVT, to see how going into the All-Star break and then with the trade deadline, how teams uh, react. But I, I just don't know if the Yankees have the assets uh, that uh, it's going to cost them a lot, right? Mm-hmm. If, between cash and play, any any talent they have, they want to get things back on track in this uh, in this division. It's going to cost them, and it's going to cost them more because of the success, and particularly of the Red Sox. Well, and that's so. I think Derek brings up a great point, which is even over the course of the rest of the season, the Yankees could become exactly what his projections say. Mm-hmm. You're running out of real estate at some point, yeah. In terms of your slow start, so uh, we will see. But I am a, I'm a sample size nerd as well, so I would agree with that. Uh, you know, we can pump the brakes. Baseball is a large sample size sport, yes. so we can see a lot of different stuff coming into the second half. All right, the man, the myth, the legend is walked in. Jimmy Vaccaro is here. He will wrap it up with us next year on My Guys. guys in the desert from the OddsTrader.com studio at South Point, OddsTrader.com. Download the free OddsTrader app right now. Start winning with up to the second info that you need. 66% of the guys in the desert here at the desk. Jimmy Vaccaro is here. Chris Andrews is the third. My math says that's 66%, two out of three. What's up, man? Everything is good. First of all, I found out we have a new producer. Yeah. That's right. All right. So what's his name? Britain. Britain. I know what his name is. Just checking. Out. Oh, he tested me. Hi. I just you? want to let you know, young man. I am an executive, so anything that I say, <laughs> listen to him. <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm on my way to run things here, Jimmy. What That's a weekend. It was a good weekend. Fourth yeah. of July, the, uh, the hot dog eating contest, people came up, kept asking if there was going to be a rematch right. with some guy we know here on the panel. We said, we'll delay that until next year. But you know what, my friends, uh, what a choppy good weekend. In other words, wasn't no huge big decisions. Everything mm-hmm. was about, about the same. You got play on everything that you put up here. And I tell you what, this guy named Chris Andrews, he's pretty good uh, with what he did with these futures. I'll tell you, uh, when you're behind this counter and you had the futures up for five or six months at a time, mm-hmm. you want to make some money, but you just don't want to get your ass in a trap either and blow up 150000 on you know hockey future. But, you know, I just looked at the future book when I, when I got back, and uh, I think we make like 30000 with Tampa Bay, which obviously they're going to win. The other side, uh, is obviously, you know, they have no chance to win it. And then the uh, uh, the other thing with, with the uh, with NBA the, Finals, with the, yeah, right. I mean, it was simply that good. The only the only big one, remember, we talked about for a few weeks was the Hawks. Hawks. So when they get out of the way, I think yeah, anybody that wins the wins like thirty thousand. So you know, the future book is something you really. 
take care of anymore, as opposed to when we were young kids, <laughs> Vincennes, we'd throw it up, but we'd throw it up in August, you know, waiting yep. for the season to start. Now these things are up 12 months at a time, so you have to keep alert on everything that's going on, especially with injuries and the way, the way that things are going now. Hey, you guys throw and, up Super Bowl futures the night of the Super Bowl. Night yep. of the Super Bowl. <laughs> yep. And the other that. thing is dr- drawing attention so far, and I, uh, you know, I'm not a Conor McGregor fan. I think that he, like, uh, doesn't conduct business the way it should be, but his kid draws money, and he draws people, and he draws and he draws the fight, which is uh, Saturday coming up here. Mm-hmm. We opened him uh, like a dollar fifteen favorite. Mm-hmm. Now it's a little bit of a switch. The Poirier kid uh, is like a dollar fifteen. So you know, you know, I, I, if we go back a month, I kept saying you know, it's going to be a, a sluggish, sluggish summer. But mm-hmm. just, to, just the opposite, just enough to keep decisions fair, just enough to make some money, and just enough just to keep it rolling. As hell, what we're only what, about six weeks away from training camp, aren't That's we? That's right. That's right. Jimmy. Oh, we were talking what? We were about five weeks away from the start of college football. College football wow. is going to start uh, yeah. at the uh, the end of August, August twenty uh, eighth, and yeah. uh, we were looking at the sheet back there earlier, Jimmy. Right, yeah. getting ready to put yeah. that week one uh, set of numbers up. We already have the. Uh, games of the year sure. and the conference uh, regular season win totals and everything. But what's nice, Jimmy, too, is that this is a summer where everything's been extended and mm-hmm. it's not just baseball on a right. daily basis. Right. And let's remember this tomorrow we got the uh, a Euro semifinal between mm-hmm. Spain and Italy. By the way, the sound will be on that. Let's remember that. Um, and then, of course, and then on Wednesday, the other semifinal between uh, Denmark and England. These have been very oh, well received too, Jimmy. Unbelievable! Once again, I thought it'd be an afterthought, yep. only mm-hmm. because it's there. We do this, the soccer, the World Cup, and all the other kind of stuff. Kind of stuff. It actually does what it does. Once again, I'm trying to be from the business side of it. Mm-hmm. It's simply uh, in the afternoon. Just it brings people in, yep. and then when you get people in, they figure to do something else. And before we forget, I got. To say this because we're talking about, uh, and I think Vin Change is on my side with, with this one. College football is the nuts. Oh. College football draws as much as the NFL, and a lot of times outdraws the NFL. So, yeah. college football to me, I can watch college football without needing somebody. I can't do that with any other sport. Yeah. Jimmy well, T, I, friend, just, uh-huh. to, just to amplify Jimmy's point. There was a time when we got into this business, and Jimmy got in in, in 1975, I got here in uh, 1977, 78. The thing about it is NFL was four or five times sure. what uh, college was. And, again, let's remember this. In a, in a state where we do about $5 billion a year, uh, you know, football is, is half of it. Well, it, now college and pro, they're about equal to, uh, to each other. That's how much more popular College football. Not that the NFL has decreased in popularity. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just been that much of a jump for college football right. uh, during the uh, uh, recent in recent years. Well, I would just assume that because I mean, look, the, Chris Andrews does a great job with everything, but yeah. Chris is so well known for his yeah. offerings for college football. Yeah, I would assume absolutely. that helps you guys with that as well. Yeah, right? Absolutely. And no, no matter what, you go back and you look at the gaming result, the gaming results from like you know they'll they'll send it out after Super Bowl Sunday. You'd be amazed when you see the college numbers compared to the NFL numbers. Put it this way: first of all, football in general has never ever had a year where the handle went this way mm-hmm. as opposed to this way. Mm-hmm. It gains between like three and four percent a year, but it yep. never 
ever, ever goes backwards, which shows you the general public is falling in love. And, you know, let's call it like it is, too. You can at times see matchups, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Texas, whatever, uh, and the pros at the same teams because there's only 32 of them. Right. With 150 to pick from, you can get teams that haven't played each other for 10, 15, 20 years who are monster, monster rivals. So I love the college football season. Alabama-Miami, right? Oh, they're, they're there you go. The beginning of the year. You're going to see that. So, I'm sure that will be a go. massive hand. Early, yeah, and I will tell you this. Alabama, by the way, has gotten support in every game so far. Because right. I mean, there was uh, – they're in about, I want to say about a half a dozen of the uh, uh, games of the year that we posted. They have gotten support in every game. Them, Georgia, uh, Auburn's been faded. Uh, yeah. Been against uh, Auburn. And LSU? Everyone. LSU's gotten some uh, uh, some support as well, but not as much as Alabama. Uh, LSU's gotten, uh, yes, well, we talked about that first game, right, where they, uh, they moved, uh, that game moved a couple of points already. Let me ask you this, my friend. You obviously, you know, when I listen to the NBA, you're off the shelf, kid. You know what the hell is going on with that. Have you always been an NBA fan, or you just, like, start to go towards that way? So I, I've always been an NBA fan, uh, but selfishly, for a career, I saw a niche. And so I really dug it out. I mean, I think you, you talk to a lot of people, Jimmy. If you talk to them about one thing with the NBA regular season, that's impossible. Mm -hmm. They can't do it on a night-to-night -night basis. Matt Eumanns famously calls it nothing but aggravation, the NBA, <laughs> right? Like, And so I, you know, I, I just kind of saw an opportunity, but I've always been an NBA fan. You guys, I think, will appreciate this. Uh, one of my best basketball memories, Game 7 of the, uh, the Celtics-Lakers NBA Finals, Kobe Bryant, right? Listen to Game 7 on the radio in its entirety. Saturday. On the radio. Yeah, on the radio. Oh, Back in, how about that, huh? After your heart right, right there, Jim. Yeah. Right, so as it, as it went along, really appreciate it. you got to like something if you're going to listen to the whole thing on the radio. Yeah, huh? That's right. All right, kid, who's going to win this series? Uh, well, it's hard. Well, is Giannis playing? Because that's the tough part. But I, I We think received the, the best. You bet him. And the Suns. <laughs> Suns are going to win in six. Okay. Chris Paul is going to get the first one. It's, I don't know if you saw it. It's hard to come back from an injury like that. His knee... It was like a bird. Yeah. It bent backwards. It's not supposed to go in that direction. And the game five and a half to six, now back to five and a half. But the total is the key, right? Yeah. And, and the total continues. Uh, we opened the total uh, here at Top at two seventeen up to two eighteen and a half. I think it's safe to say they'll continue to bet the old. People love to bet the. They root for I points. Know. Give me, give me the Bucks and over. Give me the Suns and over. You know, when you watch these things, and obviously watching it for so many years as I have, what has changed drastically naturally is like you could be over two fourteen. You know, and you or no, you could be under like the 214 for your lungs. I mean, you're ready to go. They need 14 in the last two and a half minutes. They scored 21 in the last two and a half minutes. <laughs> the overs can drive you nuts anymore. Yeah. I mean, the unders can drive you nuts if you think that you got a lock, even needing a whole bunch with a couple minutes to go. You see what happens. Yep. Hey, so Vinny mentioned this. Let's let's ask you this before you get out of here. The Olympics are on the way. Ooh. So what are the plants uh, here at the South Point? Because you guys are going to offer a couple of things, right? I'm sure that we'll be ready to do whatever it takes, whatever we're allowed to do. And, yeah, and you know what? It'll be fair to good. Yeah. It won't be bad. The fact that it's going to be on TV, JVT, uh, that's always going to add to it. You know, that getting back to the college, that's really what's helped the college so much, yeah. too, that and the playoff. Uh, college playoff, which, by the way, if they expand, will be even uh, you know, that much more uh, popular. But uh, the Olympics, uh, the fact that it's – you know, again, and being a 24-hour book, so a three-shift town right. with a 24-hour book is certainly going to add to the uh, to the uh, Olympic betting. I'd assume it's the sport, right? Like if you guys are going to book Olympic basketball, sure. Like that'll yeah. be the more popular one because I can look sure. at that and go, hey, you know, Kevin Durant a, is playing. I for got a 27 the first game. What do you want to do with it? Uh, well, I think they're playing the. <laughs> are they playing the Czech Republic? Or they're playing France. I think they're playing France. France, France is good. Give me 27 with France. Iran. 
Iran is the other one in there? Yeah, Iran, right? and then I think the Czech Republic's their yeah. third game. So yeah. those are the group stages. Yeah. I'm getting ready, Jimmy. It's a big one. It's a big summer for basketball. Summer League's back this year, too, in yeah, Vegas. Sure That's a big good. thing for our town. And I know things have changed, but uh, it is a big fight week. Fight weeks aren't the same they used to be, but uh, it is a big fight week, huh? We'll take what they give us. Yeah. Well, anytime, and the fights, listen, the good thing is when the fights are here, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We can always add at least 25% to the handle because, again, folks that are going to go are and, and more inclined to have a, a, a ticket, uh, not only to, uh, an admission yeah. ticket, but a betting ticket. Well, and that's what's interesting about this one is the Irish are, are nuts for Conor McGregor, and they oh, yeah. usually come out in droves for these fights. Yeah. But given the restrictions, I wonder how much the handle will be hurt on a fight like this, given if anybody can come out well, a, just, as regularly as they would. Yeah, don't sit in a bus with Conor McGregor next to right. you or, or outside the bus with a chair. You might get a dolly through the, uh, the windshield. The guy. <laughs> I would agree with that. I, I really still like think there'll be a business. response, JVT, because, uh, you know, hopefully the international visitors can come. But if yep. not, uh, you know what? The domestic folks will, will still be here because, again, it's an event. And we, we've talked about this quite a bit. We're sure. an event-driven uh, city now, destination. I can't wait for Luca to play the uh, USA. Yeah, they, they made it. They won uh, yesterday. Yes, yeah, they, they made did. it in. He did. He oh, did. it's going to be great. See, you're into it. But the Olympic knows. basketball Jimmy is going to be awesome. That's right. Nah, it's going to be good. Summer League, too. Put them up. I'll All right, kid. All right, Jim. Good to see you. All right, buddy. Thank you very much. Again, Jimmy Vicari, you can find it up on Twitter. Uh, you can see the picture up there as well. Uh, the much more svelte Jonathan Von Tobel getting ready to down uh, seven hot dogs in 11 minutes about four years ago. What a time to be alive, huh, Vinny? When are you going with Chestnut head-to-head? Uh, never. That was uh, that Come was a on. very tough experience. We'll make it. We'll, we'll we'll give you we'll give you seventy and a half. <laughs> seventy and a half uh, over the course of forty eight hours, or like you know, <laughs> what are we talking here? That's uh, that's an impossible task. Sixty hours, maybe you I get imagine. twenty. Oh, I can't. And, and like I said, he had fifty in the first half. I, I got They're athletes, man. Amazing. I'm telling you, it's amazing. incredible what they're able to do. He also amazing. holds. I think he holds fifty-three total records in terms of food. Fifty-three, fifty-three different eight. foods. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The asparagus is one of them. I, I put like him up six, against. Seven, but Carol's good. Oh, Jimmy, put him up against. All right, against. All right for Vinny, uh, myself, we appreciate it as always. Uh, plenty of programming options for you available. Veasan.com and Veasan.com/slash/podcast. We'll see you.